allows crises so that he can demonstrate he alone is God. Dr. Tony Evans says even though we may not like hard times, we need them. In a crisis, you need to see the living God. And you need an experience with that God. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. When our circumstances turn sour, we can't wait for them to change. That's only natural. Well, today, Dr. Evans talks about an unnatural way to think of a crisis and the benefits it'll bring to your relationship with the Lord. Let's join him. When there was the return of God, it was often in the midst of a crisis. A situation that men could not fix. Such as the situation that we find in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 with King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is in a crisis. He is now being overwhelmed. The statement is that a great multitude is coming against you. You know you're in a crisis when life is overwhelming you. When everywhere you look, there is a problem. It's one thing after another. Jehoshaphat and God's people were being surrounded by the enemy. They were being surrounded by those who were against them. You know you're in a crisis when you feel like Jehoshaphat felt because verse 3 says Jehoshaphat was afraid. A crisis bursts fear. It bursts insecurity. It bursts trauma and even terror because it looms so large in your life. In the Bible and in life, crisis comes in all shapes and forms. There are financial crises. There can be relational crises. Crisis between people. And you're overwhelmed by the inability to fix whatever the nature of the relationship is. Vocational crisis, like Daniel faced in Babylon and the three Hebrew boys who were going to be fired, no pun intended. It was a fearful situation. Here's when you really know you're in a crisis. Verse 12, he says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us nor do we know what to do. You're in a crisis when you don't know what to do. When you sense or feel a sense of powerlessness to change things, you know, as long as you feel like you've got the power to turn it around, then you, the fear doesn't dominate. It's when you have this sense of powerlessness. I don't have the wherewithal to fix it or to change it, or to reverse it, and I don't even know anybody else who can help me. Jehoshaphat says, I'm in a crisis. It's a big thing, a great multitude. It's now running my emotions, I'm afraid. I feel powerless 
to do anything. I don't have the wherewithal to turn it around myself. And even if I had the power, I couldn't use it because I don't know what to do. I don't know the best steps to take. I don't know the right action to move forward on. So I'm stuck in a crisis, trapped in a crisis, and I don't know what to do. Jehoshaphat was afraid, verse 3, he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah because it affected the whole southern kingdom. There was the northern kingdom and then there was the southern kingdom, Judah. Jehoshaphat is king of the southern kingdom, Judah, And because it affected everybody who this affected, because the nation was under attack, he called them to join him in seeking the Lord. You need to understand something that's very important. You've heard it before, but I need to remind you. God allows, creates, and uses crises so that he can demonstrate he alone is God. See, it's one thing to know God in theory. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's the wheel in the middle of a wheel. That sounds good and it'll get you an amen. But in a crisis, you don't need cutesy statements. In a crisis... You don't need spiritual serendipities. In a crisis, you don't just need high-sounding theological vernacular. In a crisis, you need to see the living God. In a cri- You need to know the God you've been talking about is real. And you need an experience with that God. Well, if you need an experience with that God, you need an experience that calls for that God. If you need an experience with that God, then you need an experience that calls for that God. So he sets his face to seek the Lord. Now he calls for this gathering because it affected the whole nation, because of this crisis situation, And there's a reason he does this. If you will turn quickly back a few pages to chapter 6, when Solomon dedicates the temple and he prays this prayer, verse 34, when your people go out to battle against their enemies, by whatever way you shall send them, and they pray to you toward this city which you have chosen and the house, the temple, which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer, their supplication, and maintain their cause. The reason that Jehoshaphat in chapter 20 seeks the Lord is he remembers what was promised and prayed when the temple was dedicated by Solomon. And that prayer was, when we are being invaded by the enemy, when the enemy is seeking to override us and we call to you from this place, then we are needing you to intervene on our behalf and turn them away. We are needing you to speak into this situation. So he seeks 
the Lord. Nothing will make you seek God like a crisis. When you're not in a crisis, you throw up cute prayers, general prayers. Lord, bless my day, bless my family, bless my house, bless my health, you know, bless everybody, bless the world. That's a non-crisis prayer. You know what a crisis prayer, you know you're in a crisis because you're specific. He says, oh Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. He introduces his prayer with one of the great truths that you need to remember, particularly if you are in a crisis or when you get in a crisis. He says, God, is it not true that here it is, here it is, here it is, never forget this. God, is it not true? Pay close attention. He says, God, is it not true that heaven rules? If you forget everything I say today, I want you to remember this. Heaven rules. In other words, earth never has the last word. Your crisis is not the final word. It looks like the final word because you're being overwhelmed. It feels like the final word because you're afraid. Never let your feelings sit in judgment over your faith. So what he says is what he knows to be true about God. He says, God, is it not true that you rule from heaven? That heaven has the final say. That you have the last word. That heaven will make the closing comment and make the final decision and give the final answer. It's not over till heaven has said it's over. He says, as I recall, Abraham had some nation problems and you came through for him. They lived in it. And you built a sanctuary. And then he comes in verse 8. When we built this sanctuary, in your name, we stamp your name on it, it's your house, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, distress, you will hear and deliver us. The Lord is about to deliver some great news to Jehoshaphat and his people. Dr. Evans will share that with us when he returns in just a moment with part two of this final message in his series, Let Go, Let God. And that makes today your last chance to take advantage of our special offer for those who can help us keep Tony's teaching coming to this station. As a way of saying thanks for your contribution, we'll send you the full-length versions of all seven lessons in this teaching collection, Let Go, Let God, including quite a bit of bonus material we didn't have time to bring you on the air. In addition, we'll include two of Dr. Evans' popular books that enhance these lessons, called 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. These resources have helped countless people move toward experiencing the freedom and peace that only comes once we've recognized God's truth and authority. Just make your donation online at TonyEvans.org or call 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our resource team members help you. 
I'll have our contact information for you again after Dr. Evans brings us part two of today's lesson right after this. Are you looking to embark on a unique spiritual journey? This fall, you can cruise the Mexican Riviera with Dr. Tony Evans and set your sails towards faith. Renew your soul amidst the waves when you explore Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. Join the Evans family from November 9th through the 16th for a journey of renewal and exploration. Book your adventure today at TonyEvans.org. Enjoy and explore. All Judah is standing before them. Infants, wives, children, everybody, because it affects them all. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, verse 15, and he said, listen all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, this overwhelming crisis, for the battle is not yours, but God's. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, there's so much in here. Listen. Listen now. He prays because he's in a crisis. He says, I'm not going to focus. On, I'm not going to ignore my crisis because it's right here in front of me. It's invading me. But I'm not going to let my crisis be my focus. I am now going to put my eyes on heaven because watch this, heaven rules. Since heaven rules, I'm going to look at heaven that rules. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know where you're going to do it. All I know is you're the only one that can do it because I'm powerless in this situation. The text says, the spirit of the Lord came on the prophet who then gave them, watch this, a direct word from God for their immediate situation. Please don't miss that. When he focused on God, appealing to God's nature, appealing to God's history, and then appealing to what God's word said, it says the spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet and the prophet gave them a word about how God wanted them to resolve this problem. Why am I pointing this out? Because now we have the word of God joining with the spirit of God to bring an answer to the crisis being experienced by the people of God. When you are in a crisis and don't know what to do, God has a rhema word for you. Now let me define what I mean by rhema word. The word rhema refers to a specific utterance. The Bible is the word of God. It is the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's the word of God when you feel it. It's the word of God when you don't feel it. It's the word of God when you like it. It's the word of God when you don't like it. It's the word of God because it's the word of God. But when you're in a crisis, you just don't need the word of God in its general written sense. You need a rhema word. That is, you need the specific word of God that applies to you in your specific crisis. Because 
You can't go to the Bible and the Bible tell you whether to move to Fort Worth or move to California. You can't go to the Bible and it tells you whether to, to do this specific thing or that. It gives you general principles, but it doesn't give you all the specific guidance about your specific crisis. But God has not forgotten what you might call gaps. He fills in those gaps by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit's job to speak to the human spirit of the problem what we should do in addressing our specific crisis at this specific time. And he does it prophetically. Now remember what a prophet was. A prophet was one who would speak on God's behalf to the people. The Bible, the Bible is called the prophetic word. When the scriptures call the prophetic word, like in 2 Peter chapter 1, it's referring to the Bible not in its general sense, but in its specific sense to walk you through a specific problem. How do you know when you're getting an utterance, a specific utterance to your situation? Well, it can come in numbers of ways. It, you know you're getting a specific utterance when there are 2,000 people in the sanctuary but the sermon was only for you. It's like you're the only one sitting there and everybody else could have stayed home because this was with you in mind. That means you weren't hearing the word of God. You were hearing a word of, from God for your specific situation. It can come when you're reading and you're reading and then God, the Holy Spirit, highlights a verse. In other words, it's no longer just general reading. All of a sudden, the verse emerges up off the page. When we were buying this little church here and I was walking up and down the street and I was just looking at all the land and then I was reading the Bible and I read Joshua chapter 1 and I was just having devotions over Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1 it says, and I will give you this land. Every place on which your foot trods, this land will belong to you. Now I've read Joshua chapter 1 a hundred thousand times and nothing happened those hundred thousand times I read it but when I was in, we were in a crisis and we didn't know where we were going to get the money to buy the church and we didn't have any place to meet and on that crisis day I was reading Joshua chapter 1 all of a sudden I will give you this land every place on which your footsteps that is what I am giving to you all of a sudden it's up in my grill God is all up in my faith. I knew on that day that I was reading Joshua chapter 1. God was not just giving me general verses for general devotions. He was giving me a rhema word, a prophetic utterance for my specific crisis situation. You hear God speaking to your heart. He says, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Now, in 1 Samuel, we have this phrase. Because Israel was in a crisis. His name was Goliath. Goliath is a problem too big for you to handle. By the way, whenever you have a problem that's too big for you to handle, call it Goliath. Because then you know how things are going to wind up. <laughs> David says, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Okay. In football, the quarterback receives the ball. And the quarterback receives the ball and and... And so the other team is coming in to tackle him. They're coming in to destroy him because he has the ball. When he takes the ball, he's also invited a problem. 
because there are 11 other men who want to do something about the fact he has that ball. They don't want him to have that ball and they want him on the ground and they are doing everything they can to get him on the ground. The quarterback takes the ball and then he hands it off to the halfback. The halfback then takes the ball and he runs with it. An amazing thing happens. Everybody that was after the quarterback changes. Everybody was after the quarterback, but now that they didn't handed this baby off, they now shift from the quarterback. And now they're all after the halfback because the quarterback has handed the problem off. So now the problem is in somebody else's hands and all the enemy got to deal with the somebody else because he has the ball. The reason why all of us are running all the time is we keep the ball. I got this problem. I got this problem. I can't do anything about this problem. This is my problem. God is saying, hand the ball off. Hand the ball off. Hand the ball off. We say, no, I got the ball. I was born with this ball. I was raised with this ball. I'm going to have this ball for the rest of my life. God is saying, hand the ball off. And if we would hand the ball off and let God take it, the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. He calls on God because he said, I got to hand this off. I don't know I'm going to handle this personal problem. I'm going to hand it off and I'm going to make the battle not be mine. It's the Lord's. Dr. Evans will come back in a moment with some great insight on what to do with the crisis you're carrying. As he wraps up this final message in his teaching series, Let Go, Let God. And that makes today your last chance to get a copy of all seven full-length messages in this collection as our gift, along with two of Dr. Evans' powerful books, 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. This powerful resource package is our way of saying thanks for your contribution toward Tony's ministry. We couldn't do this important work without your help. Remember, though, this special offer ends today, so there's no more time to wait. As always, the place to go for details is TonyEvans.org or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222, where team members are standing by to help you. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. Notwithstanding the work God does behind the scenes, the Christian faith is always just one generation away from extinction. Tomorrow, Dr. Evans will lay out some practical ways fathers can build a spiritual legacy that's worth passing on to our sons and daughters. Be sure to join us for Tony's enlightening look at fathers, faith, and family. Right now, though, he's back with a closing thought for today. He says, you don't need to fight the battle, verse 17. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. All of Judah and the inhabitants fell down before the Lord and worshiped the Lord. They praised the Lord with a loud voice says, listen, trust in the Lord and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and you will succeed. He appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everything. He says, have a praise service. But wait a minute. What am I praising God for? Because nothing has changed. The enemy is still coming. He says, praise him. Yeah, but I'm being overwhelmed. Praise him. Yeah, but they haven't turned around. Praise him. Yeah, but things don't look any better. Praise him. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. 
praise him. Yeah, but you don't know how I feel. It said they praised him. He called everybody and says, praise the Lord and give thanks. What am I giving thanks for if nothing has changed? You've given thanks for the handoff. He says the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. So I'm thanking him because that football over there. I'm going to give him praise because he's going to handle this situation. The story ends by saying God made the enemies turn on themselves and they killed each other without Israel having to lift his hand but that's not how the story ends because it goes on to say that then they went in and gathered all the spoils that the enemy had that now belonged to the people of God somebody ought to praise him here today in spite of your pain bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 